I'm glad to be here. I want you to know, before we go into this, I want to give a little disclaimer. Disclaimer, okay? Communication today is my job. Communication today is my job. Application is your job, and transformation is God's job. Okay? So communication today is my responsibility. Application is yours, and transformation is God's today. If you come in this morning, and whether you've had a bad week, a good week, whatever it is, and you choose right now to lean into the word of God today, that's going to bring some transformation. Amen? Hey, if you're here for the first time, we're glad you're here. You might be at this church for your first time, and you're like, I don't know what they're about. I don't know who they are. We want to say welcome. You might be here, and you're like, hey, I don't even believe in God. I don't believe this is real, but I want to come, and my friend brought me, and I want to see what's going on. We want you to know today, our hope for you, it's not that you'd become a member here, and you'd serve, and you'd give, but our hope for you today is that you would come to this place, and you would see just how good our God is, that you'd come to this place, and you'd see just how good the love, and the power, and the word of God is over our lives, and that you would be impacted by what happens here. Amen? Amen. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 14 today. I do want to take a second. I just have to honor our lead pastor and his wife, who I call Pastor Lisa right here in the front. Casey's sick. Lisa had a birthday. If we could just give them some honor right now, give them a hand for the sacrifice that none of us have any idea about. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 15. It's going to be on the screen. It says, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go what? Okay, that was bad. I know it's holiday weekend. I get it, but that was bad. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Will you pray one more time with me as we dig into this, God? We just ask you right now, would you have your words speak to us, Lord? We want to hear from you right now. We want to know you better right now, God. So we ask you in this moment, would you just have your words speak, God? We'll be impacted, changed, moved forever, God. We ask you right now. In the name of Jesus, that you'd bring transformation into our lives by the power of your word. And everyone said together, amen. Hey, so we live in California, so you're probably a good uh, familiar with traffic, right? You're probably familiar with the idea that for you to get from point A to point B here in this area of Southern California, it could take you 10 minutes or it could take you 100 minutes just by taking a wrong turn. You probably know in your life that you come to this place and and we're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to get to work in the morning. We're trying to get to somewhere on an evening or trying to see someone that we love or hang out with family. And sometimes it's just traffic. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of traffic. I'm not a big fan of trying to get from point A to point B and having something be in the way, having something stand in my way, having there be like obstructions or people in the road. I had a conversation the other day with a friend of mine about people who drive in the carpool lane by themselves. And I just want to give a moment of confession for any of you who want to confess right now that that's you today, that you take the carpool in by yourself. I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. Put your hand down back there. I'm not going to tell you if I'm one of those people or not, but I will tell you that oftentimes I want to be one of those people. When I'm trying to get somewhere, and it just seems like the road is full of traffic, and there's things that are in the way, and I'm just like, the carpool lane is wide open. It's a double yellow, and I'm by myself, but I might just hit that right now because i got to get to where I'm trying to be. You ever feel like that in life? Yeah, I feel like sometimes you're just like maybe trying to get somewhere and God's told you to do something in your life or you feel like you're trying to grow in a certain way, but the path you've chosen to take is just like obstructed. There's things that stand in your way. There's things that come against you that block you from trying to get to where you're trying to be. Life is like that for us. Life is full of seasons that are like that. Life, I like to break it down to a, a couple of seasons in our life where, where we know that we're trying to get somewhere, we're trying to do something God's told us to do, but there's something that is keeping us from doing that. There's something that is in our way from going there. As a church, we're entering into uh, next week, like you've heard, So Love the Valley. Come on, we can celebrate that together as a church. And it's not an easy path to get there. 
There's things involved that we have to do. There's outreaches we have to plan. There's money we have to spend, we have to ask for. There's things that we have to get there. And as a church, we're entering into this next week on like a really big day for us. We're entering into what I believe, like I said, is gonna be the most important weekend of the year for us as a church. And God's gonna do some amazing work, but we have to walk the path to get there. We have to walk the path to get there. No matter the obstructions, no matter what stands in our way, no matter what's blocked us, we have to walk the path to get there. Can you just tell your neighbor, walk the path? Can you tell your other neighbor now, walk the path? Are you tired today? Wow, wow, that is resounding. We'll wake up. We'll wake up. I love you. Get over it. Uh, I, I used to live in Orange County um, for a couple years. I lived down in Costa Mesa before I got married. And I was driving with uh, a student from a school that I used to work at. And we were looking for apartments because I, I was getting married to Marina. And um, we're looking for a place to live. And I'm driving. And I've lived in Costa Mesa for like a year at this point, And I'm like, oh, I know this area really well. I know where I'm going here. And it's like 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. I'm like, I know where I'm going here. I know the way to get to these places. So we go to this apartment complex. We walk it. It's fine, whatever. We leave. And this kid has lived here his whole life. I've lived here for a year. We're driving away. And I'm driving down the street. We're going back to the church. I'm about to take a right turn. He says, you can't turn right here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes, I can. I know this area. I've been here before. I know what I'm doing here. And he's like, okay, I'm telling you, you can't take a right turn here. I'm like, yes, I can. So I decide in my own pride and arrogance, I'm going to take this right turn because I can do it. So I hit this hard right turn at 5 o'clock on a Friday evening just to see headlights coming my way because it was a one-way street. So I turn, and it was just a nightmare. I had to turn around this whole thing. But sometimes in our life, we come to a place where we take matters into our own hands. We take our, our journey, our situation, our lives into our our own hands only to take a wrong turn, only to find ourselves in a position that we weren't trying to get into, but we're there. You know that season of your life? You know when you're in a place where you're trying to take a turn, you're trying to go somewhere beneficial, you're trying to get to somewhere, but all you're doing is taking wrong turn after wrong turn after wrong turn. Have you ever found yourself on the wrong path? Because I know I have in my life. We're looking at Exodus today. The book of Exodus is this beautiful story about God's heart for his people, and about how God will go to any lengths to get his people where he wants them to be. How God will take any measure necessary to show his people who they are supposed to be and who they could be. Let me break it down for like this, okay? Exodus chapter 1 is the oppression of Israel. It tells us that. It begins there. It tells us the story of how Israel's oppressed by Egypt. Exodus 2 is the birth of Moses. It tells us the story about how he came to life and how he ended up in Egypt. Exodus 3 is a story called the burning bush where God chooses to speak to Moses and tell him what to do. In Exodus 4, God shows Moses power through signs and wonders and miracles. One of my favorite is when Moses has a staff and God says, throw it on the floor and I'm gonna bring it to life. And Moses says, I'm not gonna do it. And God says, do it. He throws it down and the staff turns into a snake. It turns into a serpent. Exodus chapter five, the oppression is deep and we see Pharaoh go and tell the Egyptians, hey, make some brick, but I'm not gonna give you the material to do it. Go make something. I'm not going to give you what you need to do it, though. Uh, Exodus chapter six, God makes a promise to the nation of Israel for deliverance. He makes a promise to Israel saying, I am going to take you out of slavery of Egypt. You are going to have your own home. You are not going to live oppressed anymore. Uh, Exodus chapter 7, the first plague comes for God to show Pharaoh, I mean business. Let my people go. And all the water in Egypt turns to blood. In Exodus chapter 8, frogs, gnats, and flies fill the, the nation of Egypt, and God says, I mean business, let my people go. 
Exodus chapter 9, livestock die, boils rise on people's body. God says, I'm telling you again, I mean business. Let my people go. And then Exodus chapter 10, locusts and darkness come over the land. At my wedding, there's flies everywhere. I got married in Santa Barbara at this ranch, and there are flies everywhere, all over my face during the ceremony. I can only imagine locusts filling a nation. Yeah, locusts and darkness come, and God says, I'm in business, let my people go. I mean, business, let my people go. Exodus chapter 11, the final threat God makes. And it's a big one. Where he tells Moses to tell Pharaoh, I will take the firstborn of every household. Let my people go. And so in Exodus chapter 12, it's Passover. And the actual Exodus Passover is when the nation of Israel, what they would do is they would take blood from an animal and they would put it on the doorposts of their house and above the doorposts so that when the Spirit of God came over the nation, he would pass over their houses and say, I'm not going to take the firstborn from this house because you've obeyed, you've listened, and you followed me. And so God takes the firstborn of every household of the nation of Egypt. And he says, I mean business. Let my people go. At this point, Pharaoh's like, forget it. Go. I don't want you here. You've caused too many problems. You're here. You're in the way. Go. I don't need you here right now. I can't do this right now. There's too many things happening. And so he lets the nation of Israel go. In Exodus chapter 13, God sends a pillar of fire and a cloud in the sky to lead the nation of Israel wherever he wants to go. This is an awesome story. This is like an amazing, amazing story of redemption, of what God's doing in people's lives. This is an amazing story of deliverance where God says, you are in one place where you think you can't get out of, and I will take you out of that place and put you somewhere else. There was no hope for Israel there. It's not as though they were thinking, we're going to get out of this one day. We're good. We'll, we'll move on. It's just going to be a couple years. We'll be in slavery. It's just a little while. No, they thought it was lifelong because it was going to be lifelong. It was going to be their destiny forever. And God said, no, I will take you out of the place that you are currently in, and I'll put you where I want you to be, but you have to walk. How many of you in your life, you've been in that position before where you are in a place you don't want to be, and you feel like there's no way out, only to ask God, take me from where I am and put me where you want me to be? Because I've been there in my own life. In Exodus chapter 14, where we're going to be right now, it's like one of the coolest moments in all of the Bible. God opens a sea and lets Israel walk on dry ground. It doesn't say walk on muddy ground. It doesn't say like, like wade through like the couple inches of water. It says walk on dry ground. God works this miracle. And in Exodus, we see Pharaoh begins to regret the decision he made to let the Israel people go. He, he begins to regret the decision that he made to send them out. And he says, we've got to go back after them. We're going to go back. We're going to get our people. We're going to go and we're going to take them back as slaves because we shouldn't have let them go in the first place. We can handle this. Let's go back and get them. Why do we let the nation of Israel leave as our slaves? What have we done? We have to go back and get them as if the plagues weren't enough for, for, Moses, for, for Pharaoh. Excuse me. As if the plagues weren't enough for God to say, I mean business. Don't take my people captive. Don't take captive what I've desired to be free. Don't take captive what I have mandated should be free. And so where we're at in the story right now in Exodus chapter 14, God gives Moses further direction of where to go, what to do, and they land right between the wilderness and the Red Sea. And you, you probably know how the story goes. God tells Moses, lift up your staff. The water will separate. Walk across. Pharaoh will follow you. We'll split, uh, uh, I'll let the waters go down, and you'll walk across into safety, into freedom. And then you go on to find the promised land. 
God has them set up camp in a dead end. If you're familiar, like I said, you know what happens. And what we're going to look at today is not the big part of the story. We're not going to look at the portion of the story today where God opens the Red Sea. As amazing as that is, as I could sit here and I could tell you, God wants to part the Red Sea of whatever you're facing in your life. And God wants to take you through the danger. Or we can look at the sovereignty of God in the life of Pharaoh to say God sent Pharaoh back out there to get them. It was God that hardened the heart of Pharaoh to say, go back after the Israelites to make an example of Pharaoh to say, I will get my glory. Don't mess with me. I'm not going to be mocked. We could talk about all that stuff today, but we're not going to. We're going to talk about everything in between. There's that one little verse we looked at right now. I've passed over it tons of times, and I think you probably have too when you're reading the story because we want to get to the end. We want to get to the Red Sea. But I want you to know today that there's a process to get to the Red Sea. There's a process to get to the waters being split apart. There's a process to get to the miracle. And I think that I passed over this so many times in my life. And reading this this past week, I'm like, this is the key right here. This is the key. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go what? One more time. Why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go. One more time. This is weak. Why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. I'll take it. It is important for us to know today in our lives that before there is ever a miracle from God, there is obedience to God. Before we ever see a miracle from God in our lives, I believe there's obedience to God. Uh, We see God in the book of Exodus make a clear path for his people to walk into freedom and purpose in their life. Many of us are on a journey walking through different paths in our life. Many of us are daily in our actions, in our decisions, in the things we say, the things we think. We're walking in a certain direction. And we're not all walking in the same direction. Some of us are walking forward. Some of us are walking backwards. And I want to tell you today about two paths in your life that you choose to walk. And these make a difference because one of them leads to promise and one of them leads to pain. One of them leads to provision and one of them leads to a major season of lack. One path is full of roadblocks, like traffic. One path is full of things that get in our way from where God's told us to be. And one path is clear. One path is wide open for us to walk, to get from point A to point B, of where God's told us to be, what God's told us to do in our lives. Are you ready to hear your options? Are you sure? I don't know if you're going to like them. Are you ready to hear your options? Number one, you could choose to walk the path of your past. You could choose to walk the path of your past. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, it'll be up on the screen, I think. It says, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. 
It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. The people of Israel don't know what is ahead of them here, so they're looking back to what is behind them. They don't know what's coming. They don't know what danger is coming. They don't know what's going to happen. They think they're in a position right now of loss, so they're prepared to go backwards to what was slavery for them. They're prepared to go back into bondage where they're abused, where they're hurt, where they own nothing of their own, and they're spending all day long serving people just for a place to live. And not just serving people like, I'm going to bring you food, I'm going to bring you coffee, but serving people, cleaning, being beaten, being hurt. They're not in a place of slavery like you'd see like in a movie where someone's like, got to help me. They're in a place of slavery like they're in abuse. They're being physically harmed. And they were driven to return because they weren't aware of what was rising in front of them. They were driven to go back because they didn't know what God was doing ahead of them. Our lives are like that often. We want to go back because we don't know what's ahead because we're afraid that going ahead is going to be more dangerous than staying behind. Uh, Have you ever tried to step into something new in your life, only to ask the question, what have I done? Pastor Casey's like, amen, four years ago, right here. <laughs> have you ever done that before? Where you've stepped into a new, a new territory in your life, a new thing, and you're like, what did I do? This was a mistake. The hard part in that is that God calls us to new things, and we step into them, but we don't last because we're afraid. We don't make it to the other side of it because we're afraid that something's going to happen in the middle. We're afraid by the first little obstruction, the first little roadblock, the first little issue. We're like, oh, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it anymore. I can't do this. And so we give up and we go backwards. I think that many of us today choose to walk the path of the past because we believe it's our only option. I think a lot of us in here today, we walk this path of yesterday, what's happened to us, of what we've done or what's been done to us because we don't think there's another option. We think this is probably all that we have. Something inside of us or someone in our past has told us that we'll never move on from what we've done or what's happened to us. And so we think it's our only option. We think that we only have one way to go. I, I I don't know about you, but actually I do know about you. I know things have happened in your life. I know there's been hurt. I know you've caused hurt in your life. I know there's been mistakes that you've made that have maybe led to more hurt in your life. There's been things that you've done that maybe you didn't want to do, or things that have been done to you that maybe you didn't want to happen to you, that you're marked by this now. You carry this on your shoulder every single day, and people can see it by the anxiety you carry. People can see it by the fear you walk in. People can see it by your frustration towards people, by your isolation from people. And you carry it every single day because you've chosen to walk the path of the past. You've chosen to walk in yesterday, not looking towards today. You've chosen to carry it. And the hard part in this is to hear that. That even in the midst of all this, it's like these things are real and they happen to us. But there's a path that God gives us to walk that if we walk in obedience, we find freedom. There's a way out. I I want you to know today we're afraid of tomorrow because it might be more painful than yesterday. We're afraid of tomorrow because it might be more painful than yesterday. So just like Israel, we think that what is behind us is safer than what is ahead of us. But we're fooled because God doesn't bless yesterday. God blesses today. God doesn't bless yesterday. God blesses today. I need you to know his mercies are not new yesterday. They're new tomorrow. There's not hope for yesterday. There's hope for tomorrow. He's not completing the work yesterday. He's completing the work tomorrow and today. Amen. And we got to know that in our lives. If we're walking the path of the past, we have to know God is not looking to us to say, go back to it. Run back to it. He's looking at us to say, let it go and go forward. And until we can get these things into our hearts and into our brains, we're never going to step off this path. 
And if you're real with yourself right now, you would look at your life and you would say, I'm on this path. I haven't let it go. I haven't moved on. I haven't found any healing. I don't believe I'm forgiven. I don't believe I'm cared for. I don't even think I matter right now. I think I could disappear and no one would know the difference. And that's where the path of the past leaves us. Is in a position of looking at ourselves and saying, I'm not important. Because of what's happened. Because of what I've done. Life doesn't flourish on this path. Growth doesn't happen on this path. Blessing, provision, anointing, they don't happen on the path of the past. That's all ahead of you. It's all ahead of you. God said to Moses, go forward. Go forward. Why are you asking me? Go forward. Why are you calling me? Go forward. Why are you doing this right now? Go forward. The path of the past is often one that can be filled with shame, with pain, with regret, with guilt, with doubt. And this is a path that the enemy loves for you to be on. This is a path that our enemy, the devil, loves for you to be on. And I think he has a way of trying to keep you here. He has a way of like bringing reminders. Bringing things into your heart, into your mind that's like, this is, this is true about you. You don't matter. Don't ask that person for help. They're not going to help you. They're going to walk away as soon as you ask them to help you. Don't be real with anyone. Because as soon as you do, it's going to happen again. Stay away from people because people are what hurts you. And some of you are sitting there silent because you're like, I've heard this lie over and over again. I've heard this lie every single day, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of sitting in this. I'm tired of feeling the pain of this. I'm tired of living on the path of the past. I want to live on the path of the future. I want to move forward. I want to be healthy. I want to be healed. I want to walk in newness of life that God promises to me. But the enemy wants to keep you on this path. Let me tell you something about snakes. Snakes strike when they're afraid. Snakes strike when they are afraid. They attack when they're afraid and they think they're in danger. The enemy wants you on this path because he's afraid of you. Because he's afraid of what your life would look like if you were not on the path of the past. He's afraid of what your life would look like if you would release, if you would let go, if you would move forward into healing. He's afraid, so he wants to keep you back as long as he can because he knows as soon as you're open, it's game over. As soon as you release, it's game over. You're moving forward. You're walking with God. God's calling you into things. You're going to take new territory for the kingdom of God. You're going to build the kingdom of God in your community, in your home, in your family, in your city, because you've chosen not to walk on the path of the past, but I'm going to move forward. I'm going to walk with God ahead into healing, into provision, into what he has for my life. Thank you, Ruth. Snakes strike when they're afraid. I, I just want to take a second. I want to speak to those of us who have endured some really tough things in our lives. And you think that you can't leave, you can't escape it. You think that maybe you can't walk away from it. And maybe you've been hurt by somebody, or maybe you've hurt somebody. And you're looking at your life and you're saying, there's, there's, there's no way around this. This is where I'm at right now. There's no way past that. I'm gonna give you just simple truths that are true about your life. You are more than what you've done. You are more than what you've done. And you are more than what's been done to you. You are more than failure. You are more than mistakes. 
you're more. And I love when we read scripture, we see God's heart towards us. We see how God sees us. When we're new, when we're innocent, when we're in Jesus, God doesn't see the failure, God sees Jesus. God doesn't see where we've messed up, God sees his son. God doesn't see those things when we come to Jesus. They're removed, there's forgiveness from them. Now this is you, you're stuck in this cycle, you're living in the past, you're stuck because you can't move forward. I wanna give you just two things to do if you wanna write them down. If you're stuck in the past, two things to down. Number one, to do, number one, talk about it. Talk about it. This is the hardest part, right? Number one, talk about it. Talk about what you've been through. Talk to someone you care about who knows you, who loves you, and they can walk through what's happened with you. Just confess it. Be open. Be honest about it. Because I think there's no healing until there's release. And I think there's no release until there's confession. And I think that confession means that you have to go to someone you know, someone you care about, someone you love, and you say, this has happened. I've gone through this, or I did this. Just confess it. Move forward in it. Talk about it, number one. And number two, release it. Number two, release it. And this is where our second path comes into play. Because when we talk about these things and we release these things and we move forward from these things, we transition from the path of the past to the path of our future. Number two, the path of our future. What Israel didn't know was that ahead of them was the path, on on the path of their future was the promised land. What they didn't know was ahead of them was the promise of God in their lives, was the provision of God in their life, the anointing, the blessing, the healing of God over their life. All they had to do was keep going. All they had to do was get on the path and keep walking, and their future was around the corner. You see, when you walk towards your future on that path, you find blessing, you find anointing, you find healing, you find everything you need from God. But only when you walk forward. Philippians 3.13, it says, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, I'm striving towards what's ahead. Like I've heard it, it's on coffee cups, cheesy, but it's real. I'm forgetting what's behind, I'm moving towards what's ahead. If we take the example of Paul here, we will be people who do not live committed to our past, but people who are committed to our future. If we take this example from Paul, I'm gonna say it again, because none of you said amen. I'm gonna take this example of Paul, we'll be people who live committed to our future, not committed to our past. Not committed to who, oh, that's so good, that was beautiful, wow. Not committed to who we were. God doesn't call us backward, he calls us forward. The thing about the path of the past is that there's no forward motion on it, it's all backwards. You're not going ahead, you're going backwards. You're not going forward, you're moving behind you. Does that sound like smart? No. Does that sound like it makes sense for your life? No. Does that sound like God's plan for your life, that you would stay behind? No. God is calling each and every one of us in our lives forward. God is calling us as a church right now. What we've experienced in the last 18 months is unbelievable. I forgot that someone stole our trailer until Johnny reminded me this morning. What we've experienced as a church is unbelievable. But God's not calling us backwards. He's calling us forward. He's not calling us to look back in remembrance and sadness. He's calling us to move forward and to get over it and to get ahead of it. He's calling us forward as a church and he's calling you forward as a human being. The path to your future is one that's filled with faith and belief. It's not filled with doubt and fear. Uh, Doubt will come, but the faith will outweigh it. Fear will arise, but faith is gonna rise higher. Amen? Amen? Pain will be loud, but promise will be louder. Hurt will be present, but healing will be available. Amen? We gotta be individuals who walk forward. If we don't, then we'll never be a church who walks forward. If we're not people 
who walk ahead of what's happened to us, then simply put, we'll never get ahead of it. We'll never get past it. Stop making the problems of your past the expectation of your present. We're not going to be those people anymore. We're going to believe the best. We're not going to let hurt carry us anymore. We're going to believe the best. Pastor Casey gave a word a couple years ago that was, don't, don't, carry your emoji. don't let your emoji carry you. You carry your emoji. It's the same thing. We're not going to be people who choose to look at others and look at our friends and look at family with an eye of disbelief. We're going to choose to walk into church, walk into our coffee shops, walk into families with a heart of belief towards people. Amen? with a heart of believing the best towards people, no matter what's happened to us. The path of our future is available to each and every one of us. We just have to walk into it. It's available for you. We just have to walk into it. The path of the future for the Israelites was a path that would lead them into the promised land. It would lead them to the place that God has secured on their behalf. But I need you to know today two things about the path of the future. Two requirements, are you ready? It's a big deal. Are you ready, Caleb? Caleb's ready. Are you ready? Number one, write this down. I have to listen. I have to listen. Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, God says, or excuse me, verse, uh, yeah, verse 14, wow, I'm losing my mind. Verse 14, God says, you only have to be silent. He tells Moses, you only have to be silent. You don't have to do, you don't have to speak, you don't have to act. You just gotta listen. You just gotta sit and listen. There's things in our lives that God's calling us to. Are you listening to it though? There's things in your life right now God is telling you to do. Are you listening to it? Where God's spoken so clearly, take that job, take that step, help that person, enter into that relationship. Do the things that I told you to do, but are you doing it? You see, we've totally, in, our Christian, in, like, in like the Christian community, we have totally overcomplicated the decision-making process. If God has told you to do it, just go do it. Literally, God tells Moses, why are you asking me again? If God has given you permission, go do it already. Stop waiting for the second round of permission. Stop waiting for this mystical moment of peace where you feel like, I can conquer it. No, go when you think you can't conquer it. Go when you think you can't do it. Walk ahead when you think you can't. When you sit there and you look at yourself and you say, I can't do this, go do it already. Go do it. Go walk in your own healing. I have to listen to what God has said to me. I have to be willing to hear the voice of God because here's the thing, don't come to God with your ideas. God's ideas lead to promise. Your ideas lead to pain. God's ideas are are filled with potential. Yours are not. What I take in my own life, what I come to when I say, I'm gonna do this in my life, it never happens that way because God has a different plan for me until he speaks to me. So first off, I have to listen, number one. And the second thing, this is the big part for us as a church right now. I have to be obedient. Write that down. In your notebooks, in your phones. I have to be obedient. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Let me explain something to you. In this story, we see this major miracle. We see God open an ocean and some like historians believe and theologians believe that when God opened the Red Sea, it was half a mile wide. It was half a mile wide so that the whatever two million Israelites that were leaving Egypt could walk through it together and get to the other side together. This is an amazing miracle, unlike anything that's ever happened again. But it all started with obedience. You see, all throughout the book of Exodus is Moses being obedient to what God has told him to do. It's Moses being obedient to the voice of God over his own life. Go do this, okay. 
Go do this. Okay. He tells Moses, go tell Israel to move forward. He doesn't say, stay where you are. He doesn't say, run back to Egypt. He says, move forward. And Moses chooses obedience. The path to your future is the clearest path you could ever take. But it requires from you obedience. It requires from you selfless, unrelenting, unwavering obedience to God, to his word, and to his will over your life. You see, God's prepared to clear the path if you're prepared to be obedient. God is prepared to make the way for you if you're prepared to walk when he makes the way. And the great obedience from Moses was not lifting up the staff to separate the sea in half. The great obedience of Moses was to walk to the dead end God sent him to. God sent Moses between the sea and the wilderness. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to go. If God were to tell you to do that today, you'd say, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do it. If God would have told me to do that today, I would say, that makes no sense. I'm not going to do it. But that's where obedience kicks in. That's where obedience comes to play. When God tells me to do something that makes no sense, I do it anyways. I go against my own logic, my own belief, because God has told me to do it. God sent him to certain death. God sent them to a place that was like, there's nowhere to run. Go, Moses. And what does Moses do? He's like, no, we're not going. That makes no sense. God would not tell me that. He says, we're going. And they go, and God doesn't say, just wait, stand there. God says, go set up camp in between the wilderness and the sea. Go make a home there for right now, because you're going to be there until I send you out. Obedience is the key. And I think what's important to us is when God tells us to do something, we always say, I don't have enough, right? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I'm not good enough. I'm not gifted enough. I can't do it. Listen, opportunity is above you, but obedience is within you. Opportunity is above you. You can never formulate the opportunity of your life, but you can choose to be obedient where God tells you to be obedient in your life. Many of us are asking God for this Red Sea moment. I want healing. I want freedom. But we're not willing to walk through the Red Sea process. I'm asking God to do this great, major, mighty thing in my life, but I'm not willing to get there. I'm not willing to go camp between the wilderness and the Red Sea. In our lives, oftentimes, and it's true about all of us, some of you, you're you're probably in those moments right now. It might be your finances today. It might be the health of your marriage. It might be you have a son or a daughter that's walked away from the Lord. It might be that you have physically an issue with your health. And you're in this moment where you're like, God, just part the sea. Just open the water so I can walk across. Make the way for me here, God. I have to get across. But obedience after the miracle is easy. Obedience before is hard. Obedience before God shows you what the miracle is, is hard. But obedience after is the easy part. And maybe like I said in your life, you're fighting for something right now. You're hoping for something from the Lord today. You're hoping for something miraculous to happen from God in your life. I want to ask you, are you being obedient? Before you're asking God to do these things, are you being obedient to the things he's already told you to do? If we're real, the answer is probably no. The answer is probably not. Because maybe I don't believe that that would get me to where God's trying to get me to. Maybe what God's told me to do, I don't think makes sense. It's not the right path. But if it's what God's told you to do, it is the clear path. It is the clearest path.
Have you been obedient to God? Has God called you into something? And have you chosen obedience? 